time in this church. Uh, this morning, I just um, kind of want to take uh, a minute to pray for uh, someone who's uh, in need right now. Ezra Heiser is, how, how old Sandy? Three months? Two months old. Um, son of Robbie and Johanna Heiser here on staff at the church. And uh, Ezra went in on Friday for pre-op. Tomorrow he has open heart surgery uh, for to correct some things in his heart. So as we lift so many people with need in this church, I just want to uh, lift up Ezra this morning. So let's pray. God, we thank you for your grace and your peace and Jesus for your love, your compassion, and your power. And we ask now, corporately, as the body of Christ, in the name of Jesus, that you would extend your healing hand to Ezra. Lord, as you formed his heart in his mother's womb, we ask that you would reform his heart. We ask God for complete healing. God, I ask for it before the surgery or through the surgery or after the surgery. We ask in Jesus' name that you heal this heart. And I pray for the protection and the uh, guidance of the family and all those who love the Heisers. Um, For this family, God, so many needs in our church family now, people who are sick and needy. And we thank you, God, that your grace is sufficient. So, Lord, pour out your grace. Pour out your healing touch. Heal and sustain for the sake of Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. Okay. It's good to pray. (laughs) It's also good to be able to see you. So if someone could sneak back there and find me some lights, I would just love it. That's great. Thanks, Mary. All right. Well, welcome. Uh, So glad you're here this morning. It's a beautiful day. You must really love God or somebody that you came with to walk inside on a day like today. (laughs) The glory's in here as much as it is out there. Let me give you a relatively quick overview of the series that we're in. And um, then I'm going to uh, I'm going to speak real practically this morning, as practically as I possibly can. I'm going to give you a tool this morning. It's an ancient tool, but it's a reliable tool. I'm going to give you a tool this morning for looking into the scriptures. And uh, boldly and possibly somewhat uncomfortably, we're going to practice this tool. Nothing will be required of you except openness. So if you're there, you're good. Um, calling this series. Um, Ancient Pathways, uh, subtitled Life Between the Miracles. These ancient paths, Jeremiah 6.16, it says, Stand by the crossroads and look for the ancient paths and walk in them and you'll find rest for your souls. So we're looking this, during this series for ancient paths, ways to walk to find rest for our souls in a world that, let's be honest, not particularly restful, Right? Matthew chapter 11, uh, this is the message uh, paraphrase. Jesus says this, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We're learning about the life of Jesus between the miracles. How did Jesus live? What did Jesus do? What was going on in his brain and in his body between the miracles that gave him access to the Father by which he did the miracles in his life? Because we're supposed to walk like Jesus. Well, better than that, we get to walk like Jesus. And so we're studying his life. 
Um, I want to introduce you to a, an ancient tool, and uh, excuse me for, for the seven of you out there who love Latin phrases, you're going to be really happy today. For the other, oh well. <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to a tool uh, called Lexio Divina this morning. How many of you have heard of the term Lexio Divina? Okay, so quite, quite a few. It's a Latin term. It just simply means holy reading or sacred reading. Lexio Divina um, uh, first kind of formulated as a tool to engage God in the scriptures in the 5th century. St. Benedict uh, wrote a rule. In the 5th century, they were big on rules, okay? He wrote a rule called the Rule of St. Benedict. And uh, a part of Benedict's sort of plan for the monks that gathered in his monastery was this kind of threefold plan. They should uh, pray, they should work, and they should be involved in holy reading, Lexio Divina, sacred reading, taking the text of the scriptures and soaking in them in a way that they soak into us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, there was a practice of holy reading ever since the 5th century, since St. Benedict. Um, fortunately for us, it was updated in the 12th century, right? So it's, you know, right there current for us. Um, by a man I'm sure you've all heard of named Guido II. Not Guido, because he wasn't Italian, he was French. Guido II, all right? You had a picture of Guido? We know for sure that's exactly what Guido looked like. I mean, and Guido wrote a, uh, wrote a book in a monastery in France called A Ladder of Four Rungs. Let me just, let me just quote Guido right here. Of course, he said it in French, but I'm giving you the English version. Here's what Guido says. When I was at hard at work one day, okay, he's a monk, but he's working. It's a part of his life. He's tilling a field or making wine or baking bread or sweeping a floor. When I was hard at work one day, thinking on the spiritual work needful for God's servants, for such uh, spiritual works came to my, for such spiritual works came to my mind, these being reading, meditation, prayer, contemplation. This is the ladder. So he saw this ladder with four rungs. This is the ladder for others in the world who are God's lovers. So not just for monks, but all the lovers of God. That's us. By means of which they can climb from earth to heaven. It's a marvelously tall ladder, but with just four rungs, the one standing on the ground, the other showing the climber heavenly secrets. So Guijo, 12th century, in a monastery, working hard, gets this revelation from God. And my guess is it reminded him a little bit of what he read from the 5th century monk Benedict, you know, 10 centuries before. Oh, it's that holy reading. It's that Lexio Divina. These would be the steps. These would be the rungs of the ladder. Now, Guijo's not talking about salvation here. Guijo is talking about a way to connect with God while we're on earth and he's in heaven through the scriptures. These four rungs, these four steps. And so though I'm going to give, you, uh, give them to you in steps, I don't want you to think of Lexio Divina as a, a method necessarily. Think of it more as a tool. A tool that's in your hands to use as God would have you use. Not just a method that you rigidly follow, but a tool. A way that you can open the scriptures and ask God to speak to you through these scriptures. Like a framework, maybe, maybe like a trellis. For your, for your life with God as you plant the scriptures. This is a way to just let 
the scriptures grow up around you so that they become a part of you. So uh, Lexio Divina, and if you don't mind, just so we're all in the know, I'm going to use the shortened version, which is just called Lexio. Okay? You guys good with that? Probably going to become a fashionable name at some point. This is my daughter, Lexio. Maybe there already is. I don't know. Uh, So beginning uh, to go into this, uh, to use this tool, this Lexio Divina, this sacred reading, um, first you choose a very small portion of Scripture. A very small portion of Scripture. We're not talking about, you know, three chapters in the book of Leviticus. We're talking about a story in the Gospels. Maybe three verses of a psalm. Maybe a short passage in the prophets. Choose a small passage that you want to meditate on, that you want to soak in, that you're asking God to speak to through. Uh, to, through. And uh, I would uh, advocate, because a lot of us are controllers, like I won't ask you, put up your hands if you have control issues, because um, you couldn't control yourself, you'd have to do that. But some of us have control issues, and so if you're going to practice sacred reading, I suggest let somebody else choose the scripture for you. It's another way that you give up control because, you know, as Western, intellectually, rational-minded Westerners, for the most part, we like to control things. And sometimes when we pick up the Bible, we want to control the Bible rather than letting the Bible work in us and control us. One of the ways that you can let someone else choose the scripture for you is by following the lectionary. It's just a, a, a group of scriptures given for every day uh, written by a, uh, an Englishman 500 years ago. And uh, you'll get a piece of paper today on your way out with all the steps of Lexio Divina on it and some, uh, some passages on the back and some resources where you can find a lectionary. If you just want to know, hey, 500 years ago, what did the Holy Spirit think would be a good scripture for September 16th? And uh, you will be surprised how often that scripture chosen by God will intersect with your life. So choose a small uh, portion of scripture. Now, recognize that some scriptures are better than others for sacred reading, okay? Um, some lend themselves better than others. Song of Solomon 7.4, your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. I don't know if I'd work with that one so long, you know? It's confusing. I don't know what you get out of that, you know? All scripture is inspired. And profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, for the man or woman of God to be equipped by. But that doesn't mean all scripture should be meditated on in this manner, okay? So you ask God, lead me to find the scripture that I should meditate on. Now, before we get into the actual steps of the ladder, the steps of Lexio, there's a preparation time. So if you want the Latin word for the preparation, it's silencio. Any translations? Come on, someone say it for me. Silence, right. We talked about that last week. Silencio. In your preparation, before you go into your time of sacred reading, just be quiet. I mean, literally, don't speak. Sit before God with your Bible open before you. Don't read it yet. Just sit. Just be. Sit under the Word of God. Just open your heart. I mean, this is real practical. You don't have to have a fancy prayer. It can be as easy as, God, I want to hear you. Great shepherd, lead me. 
Speak now. Your servant is listening. Come, Lord Jesus. I mean, just a simple phrase that expresses to God your willingness to open yourself up to God. You're, um, you're relaxed. You find a place to be. You create a place for sacred reading, whether it's that chair I talked about last week or it's a chapel that you find or this church or your cubicle at work at 3 in the morning. Find a place. Psalm 46, 40, verse 6. Um, it says this in a couple of translations. But my ears you have opened. This is a psalmist speaking to God. Or in the Amplified, you've given me capacity to hear and obey. I like that one. You can pray that right back to God. God, give me capacity to hear and to obey. The New Living Version. Now that you've made me listen, I finally understand. But if you actually look at the, um, the Hebrew word, um, it's the same word used for digging a well. For This is to open your ears. The same word used for digging a well or digging a grave. That's the actual word. It's to dig. And so Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite pastors, authors, teachers, says that what God is saying here is, you have dug ears for me. I, I like that because I'm kind of thick-headed sometimes. And I just, I just like to say to God, okay, God, dig out my ears. Like whatever you need to get out of my space here, you just dig it out. Let the distractions go. You know that New Testament parable about the weeds that close in and, and choke out the word of God. You know, just say, God, let the weeds go. Dig my ears out. Now that you've given me ears and opened them, I finally understand. I can listen. So we're just opening ourselves. This is silencio. This is preparation. We're just preparing to get on the ladder. Does that make sense? Simple, however you do that before the Lord. <clears throat> Remember as you go into sacred reading, as you go into Lexio, information does not guarantee transformation. Right? So when we're reading in this way, we're not reading to gather information. We're not reading to know more of the scripture. We're reading to know the God of the scripture more. Does that make sense? I mean, we're not, and there's a way to read the scriptures like, I want to learn, I want to memorize, I want to understand. I love that. I mean, you know, I love that. But this is a different approach to the scripture. This is saying, um, Lord, I just want to be formed by the scripture. I want to be changed. Romans 12, 2, I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I could then know and prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. This is our attitude in Lexio before God. <clears throat> we are opening ourselves up to him. The desert fathers, you know, these are uh, hermits from the 4th and 5th century. Can you see where I'm reading these days? Sorry, it's fun for me, so it has to be fun for you. The desert fathers talked about interacting with the Bible like interacting with fire. In other words, the Bible was not a safe thing to them. It, it, was, it was fire. You know where they got that? Jeremiah 23:29 says this, "Is not my word like fire," declares the Lord, "and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces." So when we come into Lexio, when we come into sacred reading, we're saying to God, "Burn. Burn, baby, burn. Whatever you need to do in this heart, whatever you need to do to this heart of stone, bring your word and do your work. Form me." It's submission to God in the scriptures. Okay, 
So let's uh, start up the rung. I'm going to go through these relatively quickly because I want to practice today. So uh, you'll have all of these on a sheet um, written out nicely for you. The first, um, the first step is lex- lexio. It just means reading. So I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you five R's and five Latin words, and you can do what you want with them. All right. Step one is to read, just to read. You just take that portion of scripture and slowly and methodically read it. My suggestion: read it out loud. Let yourself hear the words of scripture. If you have uh, the Bible on audio, uh, or you know, on a DVD or whatever, it's on your iPad. Don't listen to it on your iPad. Because I've got that, that lady tells you, you know, it's not my word like a fire. It's, there's something like not very touching about that when Siri's giving you the word, you know. But listen to the word. Listen to the word. I mean, read it. Read it once, read it twice. And what you're listening for in this first step is the word within the word that speaks to you. You know, maybe it's the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And maybe what really strikes you is want. Oh God, do I have desires right now. So you're you're reading the word and you're just looking, you're listening with your the ears of your heart inside. God, what's the word spoken to me? What are you addressing to me here? We're going to read a passage of five or six verses, and there may be a word or a phrase that just strikes you. So you read it once, read it twice, and you're just looking, waiting for that word that's addressed to you. I don't know how you know it. You just know that you know it. Avoid this. Avoid trying to make a word the word for you, you know? You're reading, the Lord is a warrior. You think, warrior, that's the word to me, as opposed to the part where it says, humble yourself. Dang, you know? An open heart says, God, what is your word to me? Which part of this scripture are you giving to me? Uh, Don't interpret, don't judge, don't jump to assumptions or conclusions. You're just listening for the word and then savor it in silence. Read the word once or twice, listen for the word to you, and then be quiet. And and this this is what's hard. Don't do anything. Don't interpret it. Don't translate it. Don't apply it to someone else. Don't write it down as a sermon. Don't go on your blog with it. Don't post it on your Facebook. Sit with it. Just be with it. Am I making sense? Okay. Lexio, that's reading. Step number one. The second rung is reflection. Meditatio. Just meditation. Reflection. Meditatio. It's like what a, what a, what a, a cow does when it's chewing, you know? Isn't that a really appealing sound? That's meditation, that's chewing, that's letting this word kind of ruminate and just become a part of you. The question here is, how is your life touched by this word? You've read the scripture, you you got a sense of this word in the scripture that's spoken to you. Now the question is, as you meditate, as you reflect, how does this word touch me? Like, what does this word speak to in my life? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's Isaiah, uh, Psalm 29. Thou wilt keep in perfect peace those whose eyes are fixed upon you. Peace. Maybe the word peace comes. You think, wow, what does that word speak to me right now? Oh, that's related to how I do my work. That's related to how I deal with my family. Oh, that's related to my walk with God. 
Oh, that's related to my relationship, estranged with that sibling or friend. So you're just asking the question in reflection, in meditatio. You're asking the question, how does this word touch my life? Where's the impact? How does it connect with me? If you're reading a, a, a New Testament passage or a, um, a gospel narrative, you know, um, Jesus healing Bartimaeus, you might ask yourself, if I was in this story, who would I be? Okay? You're allowed to use your imagination. If I was in this story, who would I be? Would I be Bartimaeus? Would I be the onlookers? Can I see myself as the disciples? Don't bother him. Who, who are you in the story? You're just asking God, show me in this scripture, where am I? Where does this connect to me? And you're interacting with God. This is a form of prayer. You're just using the scriptures as a tool. Athanasius, another church father, said this about the Psalms. Most scriptures speak to us. The Psalms speak for us. That's, that's why I say, if you don't know where else to read in the Bible, open up to the middle, find the Psalms, and read until you find yourself. Because the Psalms have a way of speaking for you. You find yourself in the Psalms. That's reflection. So step one, read it, lexio. Step two, reflection, meditatio. Step three is respond. Latin word here, oratio. It just means to pray. This is where, after you've heard the word of God to you, and you've uh, discerned where that word touches you or hits you, now you're letting your heart spill out to God. Okay? So imagine God's spoken a word, and he pricked your heart with it, and he opened your heart up, and now your heart spills out to God. You're not formulating a prayer. You're not praying a prayer you've heard before. You don't have the James Earl Jones voice in your prayer, Right? This is just your heart spilling out. There might be no words. It might just be tears. Tears are allowed. It might just be joy and ecstasy. I don't know what will come out. You might might be confusion, but you're responding to God. You're allowing your prayer to flow freely from your heart. You're just expressing yourself to God. That prayer could go on for 30 seconds or a minute or an hour. There are no rules here. You're just responding to God from the word that he gave you. So that's response, oratio. So we've got reading, we've got reflection, we've got a prayer of response. And the fourth rung on this ladder of guijo is rest. Latin word contemplatio, contemplate. Let it be in you. Just let it sink into you. This is where you rest yourself in God's word to you, okay? So you've, you've heard the scripture and you know what he's speaking to you, this specific word. And you now see where it connects to your life. Oh, this is about my work life or my relationships. And you've poured out your heart to God. Oh God, do I want that peace. Oh God, do I want to be a bearer of peace where I go. Oh God, do I want joy like Jesus above all his companions. You've poured out your heart. And now you're just going to sit back and contemplate. This is just resting. This is where you're saying, God, do it. Like whatever you need to do to make this true for me, you're just resting in the presence of God. You're releasing God to do what he wants. You're letting go of your striving. Maybe through the first three steps, you've been writing a sermon to preach to your wife. 
That sometimes happens to me. So this is where, if you haven't done it on the first three steps, you let it go. God, I am not going to determine what you want to do with this instruction in my life. I'm going to let you determine it. And I'm just going to be a soul in your presence. That's peace. That's number four, rest, contemplatio. You're safe in the presence of God. Stay there. Don't rush out. This whole process can take five minutes or five hours. You get to choose. Okay, and um, uh, one uh, uh, teacher that I really respect has added a fifth step to, to Guijo's four steps. And he calls it uh, the place of resolution, incarnatio, to incarnate the word that God gave you. I mean, if you hear the word of God and you know where it connects to your life and you've poured your life out to God and now you're resting in God, that word will want to find a way out. It will want to be enfleshed. Does that make sense? It'll want to go out of you. And so this is the place in Lexio where you say to God, God, make it happen in me and make it happen through me. You invite the Holy Spirit to live it through you. Okay? You read, reflect. Mm, read, reflect. What was my third one? Respond. Respond and rest. And then finally, resolve to make something happen. Okay? So now we're going to practice. We have four minutes. Okay? <clears throat> it's a quick and dirty version of Lexio Divina. All right? So put your Bibles down. Uh, get into a comfortable space. If you want to move, you're, you're allowed to move. Lay down on the chairs. Sit down, stand up, dance, whatever you like, okay? I just want you to listen. Jerry's going to put some nice music on for us. And I'm going to read a scripture to you two times. I'm going to be silent. And then the silence, step number one, is you're just listening. What's the word God is speaking to me? What is the word or phrase that God's addressing to me in this scripture? Okay. Isaiah 43, 18 to 21. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. I'll read again so you can hear the word that's addressed to you. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, 
that they may proclaim my praise. to the scripture again and in the silence after you're reflecting God where does this word touch my life where does it connect to the now in my life this is what the Lord says he who made a way through the sea a path through the mighty waters forget the former things do not dwell on the past see I'm doing a new thing now it springs up Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. God, where does this word connect to my life? respond to God. So as you hear the scripture this time, let the contents of your heart spill out before God in his presence. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise.
your prayer. The Holy Spirit loves to hear your heart be poured out. The heart of Jesus is beating in your own heart. So you hear the scripture one last time. Just take the moments of communion afterwards to rest in the work of God in us and through us. Isaiah 43. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. I can ask the communion servers to come forward. Let's pray. Father, now as we come to celebrate the work of Jesus on the cross for us, his body broken, his blood spilled out, we remember our redemption, that we've been bought, we've been purchased, we've been saved. I ask now, God, as we come to these moments of communion, that the word that you spoke in our response and the rest and peace within us would, in fact, spring up in new things in our lives. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have given your life to following Christ and Jesus lives within you, this is your time to remember, to respond, and to thank him for what he's done. So, When you are ready, please come forward. This is usually the place where I say we're going to transition into a time of ministry. Um, Actually, we're going to transition into a time of further response. Uh, I hadn't talked to Randy. I didn't know we were going to have all this response today, but uh, we are. So... Um, I was struck by something this morning about uh, a need to be thankful and need to be like um, tangibly responsible or responsive or tangibly uh, thankful to God. And, and I, I was reminded of uh, a scripture in, in Romans, Romans 1. I'll just read this to you. So set the set the foundation for what we're going to do here. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that we are without excuse. For even though we knew God, we did not honor him as God or give him thanks, but we became futile in in our speculations and, and our hearts became foolish. And it, and it goes on and on with this, I call it this downward spiral of darkness. And, and it, it, it just, because we didn't acknowledge him and we didn't thank him, it just sort of goes into the dirt. Um, so what I want to ask us to do today, since we're without excuse, is to each one of us find something we can be thankful to God for. Um, and if you can't, we have a ministry team up afterwards. Um, but um, seriously, I'm, I'm going to watch for hands. 
and as you get something to be thankful for, you're going to raise your hand up. And then we're going to share. You're going to find somebody and share what you're thankful about. This is quick and easy, um, but here we go. I'm watching hands. When everybody's hands up, then we'll start sharing. Then we'll dismiss and there's food. Okay, take a moment, grab somebody, it can be a friend, a stranger, anything, and just, and just share. What, what are you thankful for? This is a very tangible act. It's very practical. This opens us up to being able to, to get a hold of God in so many other ways.